visible. The Bible says he is spirit. Okay, you can't see spirit. Words are spirit. You can't see the words that are coming out of my mouth. Well, the Bible says here that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Here's why I'm going through this. If you don't understand who's in charge in this kingdom and what you need to do to connect to them, you will live below your Christian means. See, God, who owns the kingdom, put Jesus in charge. Why is it important to understand Jesus' role in the kingdom? Why? It's important because, listen, church, Jesus is the master key to get into the, into the kingdom. When the word was sent from heaven by the Father to the earth, the word had to be given a name, and that name had to be greater than any name. See, when the word which was in heaven came down to earth now, God gave the word a name named Jesus. Why did he do that? Because Jesus needed a name to function here in the physical. And so what God did is said, oh, I can't just give him a regular name because there are all kinds of names in the earth. He said, no, no, I got to give him a name that's above every name. And at that name, every knee must bow and every tongue shall confess. Listen, the name of Jesus is greater than the name of cancer. The name of Jesus is greater than anything that you would ever experience. It's greater than generational curses. It's greater than any sickness or disease. It's greater than anything you've ever gone through. It's greater than your past. It's greater than your future. It's greater. And that's why he was given a name that was above every name. I'm teaching on this next week. And I, Jesus is talking. He says, and I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. See, what you don't know is Jesus is the master key to get into the kingdom, but you still need other keys to function in it. And some of y'all, you done lost your key. You know why? Because you don't know nothing. I'm going to show you next week the key to getting the keys is knowledge. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know that. Exactly. Hold up your Bibles. Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Today. I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that your word never returns to you void, but it will accomplish that which you have sent it to do. So thank you for the word today, changing our lives, infusing us with faith, redirecting our thought life, and positioning us to receive the more than abundant life that Jesus died for us to have. And I declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word today 
And it is in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you this morning. Last week I started a new series entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. Everybody say, Thy Kingdom Come. And the focus, of course, of the series is to provide some insight regarding the kingdom of God and then teach you some keys to functioning in it so that your life is a reflection, watch this, of heaven here on earth. We learned on last week that Jesus is the master key to entering into the kingdom of God. Everybody say, Jesus is the master key. Amen. He said to a man named Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, they're going to put it on the screen. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Nicodemus, watch this now, except a man be what? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So being born again, which happens when we repent of our sins and when we confess Christ as our Savior, when those things take place, watch this now, it then gives us full access to something uh, called the kingdom of God. However, watch this church, you can have access to something and not take advantage of the benefits. And so today, what we're going to do is look at some keys that will help us maximize life within the kingdom of God. So if you're taking notes or if you need notes, if you don't have physical notes today, just raise your hand and our ushers will bring you some notes. And if you're watching online, there's a link that you can click that will take you to the same notes that we hear, we have here in the sanctuary. Amen. When Jesus died for us, church, his blood gave us complete access into the kingdom of God. God's kingdom has keys to it, and these keys will allow us to function in different levels and in different ways. The, the part that I know is that most believers are unaware of what these keys are. And just like in the natural, keys are designed to open doors Guess what? These same keys in the kingdom are designed for us to function within the kingdom. And if we don't understand these keys, it will hinder us from living a better life and having a better life. How many wants to have a better life? Amen. So something happened to me on yesterday as we traveled. For the last almost three weeks, I've been traveling. And uh, yesterday, something happened uh, to me and to us as we traveled. I had a speaking engagement on Friday in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and Bruce, uh, Bruce Mitchell was traveling with me. And uh, typically, I travel with someone. If First Lady, uh, for some reason, can't go with me, which I love First Lady going with me. Amen. 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 Uh, She can come up here with me right now if she wants to. (laughs) But anyway, anyway, Uh, I'll typically travel, uh, I would like to travel with her, and even if she went with me, I will still travel with one of my aides, and I do that for two reasons. Number one, for them to assist me in ways that I may need it when it comes to uh, ministering. And then also I'll take someone uh, so that I'm safe and accountable. Amen. You're not going to hear about me coming out of a hotel with somebody else other than First Lady. It's not going to happen. Amen. I remember one time, uh, I'm not sure who it was, I think it was uh, Brother Dowie, uh, who had traveled with me. I had a speaking engagement in Indianapolis, and I'll never forget that morning as we were leaving the hotel, 
Guess who I see? I see Pastor McKissick here in Arlington. I see him at the same hotel getting in the car. And guess what? He was going to go preach somewhere at somebody's church. And I was going to go preach to somebody uh, at another church. What if I was cheating and he saw me? And let me just say this. If you cheating, stop. This is your warning right here. This is not even part of the message, but I just feel that somebody is creeping in the room. Let me tell you something. Jesus see you. Anyway, let me get back to my story. So on our way back, uh, for some reason, when we checked in the airline, the agent uh, gave Bruce a ticket, but it didn't have a seat assignment. And so she said, hey, when you get to the gate, uh, then uh, go to the agent and she'll give you a ticket. And I thought that was strange. I had never had that happen or I had never seen it happen. And so the thing is, we were both flying first class. In fact, both of our tickets were sitting next to each other. And so once Bruce got to the gate, when we got there, he went to the counter to get his seat assignment and he comes back and uh, I looked at his ticket, and they had him assigned to seat in coach. And so I said, Bruce, they gave you the wrong seat. And Bruce, in his humble response, said, Pastor, I'm fine. It's okay. I said, Bruce, it's not okay. We paid for first class. So I took a picture of the ticket so I could send it to Keandria who set up everything so she could look at it. And then we get on the plane and sure enough, Bruce was way in the back with Rosa Park. I promise you. He was way back there with her. But the seat beside me was empty. I knew that was Bruce's seat. So I said, okay, I'm just going to let a few more people get on the plane to see if someone's going to be sitting next to me. And so no one did. So I, 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 I talked to the stewardess. I got her attention. And I explained to her that my traveling companion, this was his seat. And so she started asking me some questions. And so when she looked into it, she said to me, well, sir, pets are not allowed to sit in first class. L- let me finish. She wasn't calling Bruce a pet. She went on to say that it shows that he's traveling with a cat. I said, ma'am, Bruce don't have no cat. I said, ma'am, Bruce don't even own a cat. So in the meantime, she started looking into it. And so Keandria had sent both of us confirmations of this of the seat you know of the tickets that we had purchased and so i showed the lady i said ma'am here's the confirmation that this is bruce's seat so when i showed her that she got bruce and brought him up there and sat next to me now in the meantime everybody in first class is looking and listening So she went to go chat with the agent at the gate that set this up. And so the lady, watch this now, she comes in 
in her bully voice. How many don't like bullies? Yeah. I don't like bullies. I don't even, I'm not going to let them bully me. And I don't like it when they try to bully somebody. So this lady comes in in her bully voice and says, well, this seat is now signed to Mr. So-and-so. Because he was next up on the upgrade list. I said, ma'am, I said, this seat right here belongs to Bruce. I said, because I have confirmation that this is his seat. And so she says to me, well, it looks like you purchased a regular ticket and you use your points to upgrade him. I said, ma'am, I don't use points to upgrade. I said, this ticket was paid in full. Amen. So then she, after she saw I wasn't going to give up, she semi-storms off the plane with an attitude. And so they shut the plane door and then they, you know, we start taking off and the stewardess comes to me and, and apologizes for what happened. Amen. But, 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 but I'm glad it happened because what happened is a natural example to me of what happens with believers. Jesus' blood paid the price for us to have access into the kingdom. However, without knowing and understanding the keys I'm going to teach you today, that these keys come with access, we limit or minimize or sometimes, watch this church, gets bullied by life or the devil out of our rightful blessings. Amen. And that day, I was not going to give in to the devil or this lady. Watch this, because number one, a price was paid for that. Y'all ain't hear me this morning. A price was paid for that seat, just like the blood of Jesus is. Listen, that price was paid for you to access the kingdom of God. And then number two, that purchase gave us access to first class. So why would I sit anywhere else? So today, let's look and see how the kingdom of God works. And so let's go back to our, our foundational verse, which is Luke chapter 11, verses 1. And I'm very passionate about this series, and here is why. Because I see God's people living below their privileges. I see God's people experience difficulty and then just accept it as if that's the way it's supposed to be. It says in Luke 11 verse 1, it says in uh, verse 11, uh, verse 1, And it came to pass that as he was praying, talking about Jesus, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2, And he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which is where, church? In heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. So God has a kingdom. Everybody say, God has a kingdom. 
God has a kingdom. And we learned on last week that he provided us with access into this kingdom through believing in his son. And then watch this church. He gave his son, Jesus, authority to run this kingdom. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, we read this last week, but I want to point something out. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Verse 13 says, who God has delivered us, past tense, from the power of darkness, and he has, past tense, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And then verse 17 says, and he is before all things, talking about Jesus, and by him all things consist. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, everybody say all things, that in all things he, Jesus, might have preeminence. Verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him, in Jesus, should all, everybody say all, all of the fullness dwell. So listen, Jesus is the king in this kingdom. And once he has accomplished everything that the father has for him to do, guess what's going to happen? Jesus will then give the authority back to the father. Amen. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28. It says, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, talking about Christ, then shall the son also himself be subject unto him, the Father, that put all things under him, watch this church, that God may be all in all. Listen to the New Living Translation. It makes it even better. He says, then when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, will be utterly supreme over everything, everywhere. Say amen to that. So here's the uh, the first point, if you're taking notes, that I want to start with today. And point number one is God's kingdom has keys. Everybody say God's kingdom has keys. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, I ended last week's message with, with this. And if you did not go to listen to last week's message, go and listen to it and watch it. You may need to do it a couple of times. But it says here, Jesus said, and I will give unto you, he was talking to Peter, keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound where, church? In heaven. And whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed where? In heaven. So before we dive into this, I want you to notice something that Jesus says, he says the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say the kingdom of God. Do you notice that? Now, without complicating this, let me just make it simple. The kingdom of God is where God is in charge and the kingdom of heaven is where he rules from. Let's just keep it that simple, all right? So, let's start the journey out with the question. Here's the question. Let me reread the the first part of uh, verse 19 in Matthew 16. He says, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So, here's the question. What made Jesus offer or give these keys to Peter? What, What made him do that? What made him do that? And here's why I'm going down this road. Whatever criteria Jesus used to give Peter these keys is the same criteria you and I need to 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 uh, go by to receive and utilize the same keys. 
So what we're going to do is identify the reason why he gave Peter these keys. What criteria did he use? Uh, Because based on what Jesus said, watch this, these keys will allow you and I to bind and loose things on earth. And when we do, these things will be bound and loosed in heaven. So let's look at this in Matthew 16 and verse 13. We're going to have to read the context now because the context is going to tell us why Jesus gave Peter these keys. He didn't give them to nobody else at that point. But let's see what criteria he used to do it. Because listen, if we meet the criteria, watch this, we can get the same thing that Peter got. So it says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I the son of man am? Because everybody's going to have their opinion of you. So watch this. And they said, look at your neighbor and said, they said. And they said, some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are who? Elias. And then others say you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said unto them, but who do you say I am? So he done went from they say to what you say. And so verse 16 now, the highlight of it says, And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, watch this now, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, And I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Watch verse 19. Then he says, and I will give unto you the what? Keys of the kingdom of heaven. And these keys keys will allow you to bind on earth, and then it will be bound in heaven, and then loose on earth, and it shall be loose in heaven. So here was the question. The question I asked was, what made Jesus offer these keys to Peter? Well, if we look close in verse 17, it tells us. Watch this now. Jesus answered and said in verse 17, Blessed are you, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So listen, God, the Father, spiritually revealed this information to Peter. Can we agree on that? Okay, because it says that. So it was, listen, it was Peter's ability to access this spiritual information from the Father that caused Jesus to give him these keys. I'm going to say that again. It was Peter's ability to access this spiritual information that caused Jesus to give him these keys. And that's what happens. Listen, the word revealed there means to uncover. So Peter received these keys due to having the ability to access this supernatural knowledge because in the earth, that's natural knowledge. But when God gives you information, that's supernatural knowledge. Say amen to that. So let's look at this verse. I want to look at another verse that uses this same word key in it. It's found in Luke chapter 11, and I'm doing this for a reason. Luke chapter 11, verse 52. Jesus said, woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the what, church? The key of what? The key of knowledge. You've entered not in yourselves, and them that were trying to enter in, you hindered them. So listen, keys represent knowledge 
And this knowledge will let you get into the kingdom and enter into it. In fact, you have to have knowledge about who Jesus Christ is to even get into the kingdom. But see, most people are comfortable with just getting in the kingdom. Most people are just satisfied with being saved. He died on the third day. He rose from the grave. Not day one, not day two, not day three, but he got up. You accept Jesus as your savior. You have spiritual life insurance and now you're saved. And most people get satisfied right there. The problem with that is. You are going to heaven when you die. But if you don't have enough knowledge about why Jesus died for you, you're going to experience hell right here on earth. Amen. So keys represent knowledge and this knowledge will let us enter in and function. And that's what keys do. Listen, church, they allow us to enter in the natural keys, allow us to open doors and enter into places. Right. So why did Jesus offer Peter these keys in the kingdom? Because he was able to access this supernatural knowledge. In other words, listen, church, it takes spiritual knowledge to receive these keys of knowledge. I'm going to say it again. It takes Listen, everybody say spiritual knowledge. It takes spiritual knowledge to receive these keys of knowledge. And this is why you can't live a life in the flesh. Because if you stay in the flesh, you won't access this spiritual information. The Father will make... Listen, God will be trying to speak to you like he spoke to Peter. And you won't hear a word God is saying because you're in the flesh. Now, don't get me wrong. Living in the flesh feels good. It feels good until the flesh has to, listen, has to experience the consequences of its own actions. That's why the flesh is deceiving. Because see, while you in it, it feels good. I feel good. Da, 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 da. I mean, you feel good. But what ain't going to feel good are the consequences from what your flesh has generated. Amen. And what happens is, once you have this supernatural knowledge, then you're able to bind things on earth and heaven. And watch this. And, and heaven will back you when you do it. Amen. So what you don't know in the kingdom can hurt you. See, the world say, ah, what you know, don't know what? Won't hurt you. But see, in the kingdom, what you don't know will hurt you. Just like if I did not know that Bruce was assigned to that first class seat, guess what? They would have put Joe, blow Joe next to me or Joe blow right next to me. Amen. Well, the devil is a liar. Peter's ability to receive this information is what caused Jesus to give him these keys. And so I'm going to read, uh, uh, I'm going to read a testimony because uh, one of the reasons, may I have my phone? Uh, one of the reasons that I try to flow prophetically a lot of times when I'm, when I'm teaching and preaching is because, uh, remember, the spiritual insight that we get from heaven and from the Father is what God gives us keys to open things up. And so when I'm flowing that way, uh, I know God is trying to open up. Everybody say open up. 
He's trying to open up some things for us. So I'm going to read this testimony uh, because a lot of times uh, people will hear me prophetically say things, but because they don't know who it is, it might sound like I'm just talking. So here's a testimony. It says a few months ago, Pastor Evan was speaking out of the spirit near the end of a service. He was calling out by by their circumstances. He was calling people out by their circumstances and what God said they needed to do. He mentioned a couple that hadn't filed their taxes because they were nervous about it. It was keeping them from getting some things done and to move up to a next level. It needed to be done and that God said, do it, because there was a huge blessing waiting. We had not filed for our 20 taxes, 2021 or 2022. Not since my dad had passed, which left us in a thick emotional fog for nearly two years. Our receipts and other tax stuff had been strewn out over our dining room table for about six months. We thought this would make us get it done, but instead we walked by it for months knowing it needed to be done. But after Pastor Evans' uh, prophecy, we finally sat down with a great CPA about a month ago, and he helped us get everything lined out quickly and without worry or stress. Then he informed us that we'd we'd be receiving a couple massive returns, including interest due to inflation. Almost immediately, we began getting hit with bills and distractions. Rather than worry, we took off on a three-week trip and vacation. Amen. As we watched our account drop lower than it had been in a while, mind you, We were never in danger of financial crisis. We took care of things and enjoyed our family family time across the country. When we met with, uh, we were met with countless of blessings and favor along the way. We got to sit and uh, revel in some of God's most beautiful creations and cried in awe. These moments and connections helped to instantly bring healing, restoration, and rejuvenation to us. All that was sorely needed. After after our third week. 6,500-mile round trip came to a close. We returned home to find $33,000 worth of tax returns. And more is on the way. Thank you, Pastor Evan, for always listening to God's voice and relaying the message. And here's my point, church. When you are able to access this information that comes from God, keys will be revealed in your life. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, um, and some of you, or most of you all should know this story if you've been around for a while. But it, 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 it relates to this because it, it, it relates to keys. And so uh, when I was single back in the day, I used to live with a lady named Miss Johnson. She was like my, my grandmother. And uh, I moved from Texas to Ohio. This company had relocated me and recruited me. So I stayed with her. I had a Chevy Nova. Miss Johnson had a a Chevrolet. uh, But it was one of those station wagons with the wood on it. I never liked to ride with Miss Johnson. If she asked me to ride with her, I would slope way down off in the chair. I didn't want nobody to see me in that car. So anyway, one day I got up. I had to go to a meeting or something, and I accidentally locked my keys in my car. And uh, I didn't have spare keys. I did have spare keys, but they were here in Texas. I'm in Ohio. I needed to go somewhere. 
And so I didn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, back then in the hood, one of the ways that you had a natural alarm system on top of your alarm system is back then, uh, you know, the, you had knobs that helped you open the door. And so what we would do is break the top off the knob so nobody could use a hanger to try to pull it up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. So anyway, I had broke the knobs off of them, so I couldn't use a hanger to get in my own car. So now I'm like, oh, my God, I, uh, I may have to maybe call the police, to Jimmy, to lock it. I don't even know if Jimmy's existed back then. So anyway, long story short, I was like, Lord, I need to get in my car. I got to go somewhere. And, and so he told me, he says, listen, he says, Evan, we talk about getting this information from up here. He says, Evan, go in the house and get Miss Johnson's keys. So now I was like, for what? <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. And it's sure, I'm not talking to myself. I hear him tell me that. Go get Miss Johnson's keys. And I was like, well, Lord, what are, what, they fit her car. They don't fit my car. He said, are you going to argue with me or go get the keys? So I go in the house and I ask Miss Johnson for her keys. And I'm glad she didn't ask me why did I need them. Because I don't know what I would have said to her. So she gives me her keys. Now I go out to the car. And because we both had Chevrolets, the round key is what normally you use to unlock the trunk and the door. Because typically, keys back in those days, you got two of them. A square key. Oh, y'all some old people up in here, ain't you? So anyway, long story short, I take her round key and try to open my door. It doesn't work. I try to take the round key and open my trunk. It didn't work. And I'm like, Lord, you told me to get this lady's keys and it's not working. He said, no, I want you to take her ignition key, go to your trunk, stick it in, and it's going to open your trunk. And you can push your back seat back and get your keys. I was like, really? So I went back there, I took her ignition key, I stuck it in my trunk, and guess what? Click! The trunk opens up. I push this back seat back, I get my keys, and I'm in a hurry now because i got to be somewhere. And so, uh, but then curiosity kicked in. I'm like, I wonder will that do that again? So I closed the trunk back down. This time I, I kept my keys out, though. I took that same key and stuck it in the trunk and it wouldn't work that time. See, God don't need to perform miracles for your amusement. Where did I access that information from? From heaven. I'm at a conference and I'm speaking. It was a youth conference years ago. And I'm telling this story to all of these youth workers and youth Uh, that was at the conference little did I know that one of the youth workers had locked the keys in the church van so they got there and realized oh my god I locked the keys in the church van so then guess what they did they they start looking around for somebody who had a Ford van like them so they walked around the parking lot they spotted a, a, a Ford van just like they had and they waited till the person came and they got to the person they said uh, can I use your keys for a minute they said, well, what are you going to use your keys for? He said, well, Pastor Edmund just said that he used somebody's keys and opened up his car. I locked my keys in the van. I want to use your key to go unlock my van. So they was like, sure. And so he had a little train behind him. Everybody want to see if this is going to work for him. 
He gets in there. Watch this. He uses the same key that they use to open their door. But God gave him some additional information. He says, wiggle the key a little bit. And he wiggles somebody else's key in his keyhole. And guess what? Boop! His band opened up. What's my point, church? My point is this. When you learn how to access information from heaven, God will give you keys on how to run your life. Oh, my God, I am out of time, Jesus. Okay. So, uh, let me see what to do here. Let's go to point number two. Let's, let's, let's go to point number two. Let's talk about keys to hearing. Okay, because... A lot of people can't access the information because they haven't learned how to hear. Okay? So, first of all, in, in order to hear, you gotta, there are four, five P's I'm gonna give you. The first P is you gotta be in position to hear. Well, how do you get in position? You have to have a relationship with the Father. Remember, it was the Father that gave Peter the information. So you have to have a relationship with the Father. So you have to be born again in order to hear God's voice. The only thing you're going to hear from God if you're not born again is that you need to be saved. Amen. Here's a second P, is you have to have proximity. What does that mean? That means you have to be close enough so when God speaks to you, you can hear him. Because uh, if you're way back there in the room and I say something without the microphone, chances of you hearing me are going to be low. Why? It's not because I, ooh, it wasn't because I wasn't talking. It's because you wasn't close enough to me to hear it. Everybody say proximity. Then the third thing is presence. In other words, this is a cultivated environment that will help your spirit be sensitive. And and you do that by worshiping and singing. You cannot just worship and sing when you come to church here on Sunday. If you got blessed by praise and worship when you came to church, go home on Monday and play it on your phone with your headphones on or with your speaker on and worship along with it. The same, oh wow, this is good. The same presence that you felt here, you'll feel in your car. Everybody say presence. The fourth P is purpose. In other words, this involves you asking yourself, Okay, what am I going to do with what I hear? Because a lot of people won't don't hear God because they have not decided they're going to obey him before he says it. That's not how it works, folks. God just not going to talk to you just to see if you're going to do it. Why, why, Why should he waste his breath? If he knows you haven't decided you're going to obey him on the front end. And so I know it takes faith because you don't know what he's going to tell you. But listen, on the front end, say, God, whatever you tell me, I'm going to do. That's what Samuel said. He said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Amen. And then the last one is passion. In in other words, this is the level of how much desire you want to hear from God. So here's how the process works. It is 1030. I'll be doggone it, but I'm going to finish the process real quick. This is the process of how God speaks. First of all, you got to believe that he still speaks today. Hebrews 3.15 says, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So God still speaks today. Everybody say God still speaks. God still speaks today. And let me just give you a hint. If God is talking to you and you ignore him or you, you 
decide like Jonah to not do it. And you do that too much. Eventually, your heart gets hard. Just like your hand. If you use your hand a lot, let's say to use a shovel, eventually you're going to get calluses on your hand. Well, a lot of people have calluses on their heart because God has tried to say it, say it, say it, say it. And their heart got hard. So number one, you got to believe that God speaks today. Number two, he is going to speak in your heart or your spirit. That's what he's going to talk. He's not going to necessarily talk to your head. He's going to talk to your spirit. And our spirit or our heart then speaks to our mind. Listen, and this is why your mind has to be in a position to be renewed. Because when God speaks to your heart and your heart speaks to your head, if your head is not renewed with the word, you are going to just say, I ain't doing that. See, that's why a lot of people haven't learned how to tithe. Because their carnal mind says, I'm not going to do that. Their spirit is telling them, do it. Their mind is saying, don't. And then after he speaks to your heart or your, or your spirit, and your spirit speaks to your mind, then guess what? That's when now you hear. So let me just give you something very practical that you can start if you haven't done it. Set up a place and a time every day to, 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 to spend some time with God. So let's take 30 minutes. How many could spare 30 minutes? Okay, all right. So watch this. First thing you're going to do, I'm using the acronym PRAY. So the first thing is P. It stands for pray in tongues and sing and worship for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, pray in tongues and sing and worship. You say, well, Pastor Evan, I don't know how to pray in tongues. Well, sing and worship for 10 minutes, and eventually you're going to speak in tongues. Everybody say pray in tongues. That's your P for 10 minutes. And then you're going to read God's word for 10 minutes. Why? Because what the Father says to you is going to line up with his word. If you hear, leave your husband, leave your wife, and you're married, that ain't God. Now, I do know there are reasons to leave, and I'm not, I'm not leaving those out. I'm not saying, you know, he beating you, or in these days, she beating you. It's it, it's it. So we're going to pee, pray in tongues. Number two, we're going to read for 10 minutes. Number three, you're going to ask God in English. You're going to ask him whatever you need to ask him. And that's why a lot of people, listen, you can't hear if you don't ask. And I'm shocked of how many of us don't ask. I be asking God certain questions about what I'm teaching. And he lets me know. Amen. You need to ask God about some things you need to know. And then write them down so you remember. And then here's the why. Yield to God by listening to him. Be still. Do that for, I got that for five minutes. Why? Because if you ask and don't wait enough time to hear and listen, you might miss what he's trying to tell you. Because I can tell you right now, there are some people that God was trying to say, to not get on that plane on 9-11. There was some, trust me. He was trying, listen, God don't, he said, lead me not into temptation. See, God wants to warn us about things so that he can save us through some things. But if you're not in tune and you're not listening, you'll miss it. Amen. Some things should not have ever happened. He warned us, we just weren't in place. Amen. 
So on the notes, I gave you application, but I want to pray right now because I'm going to pray for some of you all spiritual ears to be unstopped. Father, in the name of Jesus, the word has been sown and because it has, I declare in the name of Jesus that understanding has taken place so the enemy can't take the word that was given. And I pray today, Lord, you say whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I loose stopped up ears from any person who is having difficulty in hearing what you got to say to them. Father, where the enemy has tried to clog up their hearing from hurt and from disappointment and from un, uh, unspoken uh, expectations that they may have had on you or somebody else, whatever is trying to block their hearing today, hallelujah, I want you to put both of your fingers in your ears. Put one in one ear and put one in another one. Just do it by faith because what it is about to do. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. He wasn't just talking about physical ears. But see, in order for you to develop faith, you have to be able to naturally hear. And so, Father, right now, unclog, unstop, plunge out every single thing that's creating uh, these ears naturally and these ears spiritually from hearing. And I thank you today as every person by faith begins to ask you things. And they write them down. They write down their questions. Lord, I thank you for a floodgate of answers coming in the name of Jesus. Some of you all are in some difficult situations and God is telling me to tell you, don't just act on your own. If you ask me, I'll tell you what to do. And Lord, I thank you for the windows of heaven being open to receive answers from heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, unclog and unstop everything that is related to them not hearing. And I command their spiritual ears to hear in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap right there. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're not saved today.